Welcome back, everybody. We're, you must have enjoyed the morning session. We're very happy you're coming back after lunch, so thank you. David Trott has never had this many people who cared about his financial narrative before, so this is a good thing. You guys take an hour and a half for executive session. Give us five minutes to get going. No, we're, we're not starting yet. But Rick, I do have a question for you. Are you are we good? We're back on ACB radio and Zoom. Yes, we are. Okay, great, great, great. How is are people are is everyone finding a seat? Okay. Everyone who is in here is seated. There's some empty ones. You got to be All right, Jason. That's. We're so glad you're here, Jason. Rick's, Rick's theory continues to hold. We invite people on ACB radio and they come in person. <laughs> Wonderful. What, to get the big ballroom next year? Jason, can you raise your hand? There's people who, who, who want to want to put a face with the name. Oh, that's yeah. Jason. Okay. That's Jason. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Uh, surprise for everyone. Including me. <laughs> Welcome, Jason. Welcome. All right. Is everybody everybody comfortable? Much as we can be. That's right. I think we're I think we're all comfortable. We're in good spirits. All right. Well, thank you all so much. We just need to report that we did come. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started here. So I want to report that we came out of executive session, that financial and personnel and legal matters were discussed, but that no motions were taken. And now we're going to uh, turn it over to Nancy Marks Becker, uh, our CFO, uh, to give us uh, an update on five different items, I think, Cindy. So, uh, Cindy, God, I can say anything. Nancy? Sorry, don't, don't, sorry, don't, don't mean to scare you, Cindy. All right, Nancy, go ahead. Are you ready? I'll let Cindy talk about our financial matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're doing great. We're doing great. All right, okay. Yeah. Our membership person is surrounded by financial people in our office. <laughs> So I like to think of our office as the silent partner that ensures our programs can continue to grow and prosper. Um, the first thing I would like to talk about is the Minneapolis office lease. At the end of July, we will be ending our five-year lease in the location that we're in right now. Um, we have done some looking in the surrounding area and within the buildings that we're in right now. Um, I have found a space that is a little bit bigger than what we have right now that I would like to propose um, or get approval from the board. So what we have right now, we're in a space that's 1,403 square feet. We are paying 1050 per square foot for our space. We have three offices in there, a conference room, and two individuals are sharing our lobby space. The space that we're looking at 
renting is 1,556 square feet. It has four office spaces. It will have a little lunch break room for us, storage space, and a conference room. We also rent um, storage space in, basically it's across the freeway, where we keep our AV equipment and financial documents that we have to keep in perpetuity. Sorry about that, you guys. Um, the space that we are looking at, we can rent for $10 per square foot, and it will go up, yes, it is less, and it'll go up by a quarter each year. So the lease would be 62 months, and we would receive two months free, and then we could also have up to $2,000 that they will reimburse us for moving costs. So... It, it will, Cindy, have a sink with a faucet. <laughs> a sink with a faucet? Yeah. We are... So, so the space we were in before the lease we're in right now, we had a sink. The space we're in right now, we do not have any running water or a sink in the space. So we have to go out. Yes. So that was one of the items that was on my list. The other item that was on my list is, and Erie can, can say yes to this one, there is, in my ceiling is the ventilation, and it's very noisy above me all day long, every day. And I looked at a space that would be quieter. All right, so uh, Nancy, so for, for this new lease then, is there really any financial impact? It would be for the first year, it's like an increase of $70 per month, but we're increasing our square footage by 153 square feet. Okay, so this, and this would be for, for five months or six? Which? It's, it's, start, it's the increase, it's starting in July. Oh, you know what? Um, if we sign on the lease, uh -huh. when they get finished with the space, we can move over there. I, they have not said whether they would increase our our rent for the couple months that we're there or if we would just stay at our rent that we're at right now until August 1st where we would move, move into our new space. Okay. So you're saying basically there's really no financial impact to ACB for no. this year, for this fiscal year? It would be $70 for August through December. So that's like $350 or something like that. Yeah, okay. very minimal. Okay. So uh, I believe we do need a motion to go ahead and authorize uh, Nancy and Eric and team to sign a new lease with the for the Minneapolis office. Do I have a motion? David moved and Jeff Tom seconded. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. You have your new space. Cindy, enjoy the sink. <laughs> Don't bathe in it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Balsa will really enjoy the ability to get a nice bowl of water without having to go to the bathroom. Yes. Okay. Item number two, Nancy. <laughs> Item number two is AMMS. So right now we are in the middle of the 2020 member certification process. Sharon has been busy adding new members and updating membership information. Last year, a column was added in AMMS where members 
for the membership records person could add a chapter that their member belongs to. The reason it was added was to help affiliates know which chapter their members belong to and also to help with the certification process. We have noticed this year that there's increase in MMS users utilizing this option. Um, this will enable them to easily sort their members when they're certifying. So if you're an affiliate like Florida or California, it can save, I'm thinking, hours worth of time. Um, and I think Cindy can probably talk about, if she would want to, about how many, how many chapters she's been seeing in AMMS because she, she keeps better track of that than I do. Um, and the other thing is, if, if you are a records user in AMMS, if there's any tool you would like added to help you with the certification process or if it would help you with downloading information, let me know and we'll look to see what we can do to help you with that. Everybody good? Okay. All right, we'll go on to item three, which was added to the agenda, which was a recommendation that came from the Budget and Finance Committee, and that uh, is related to our uh, contractor, uh, Fred Brack, who supports our ADP uh, website, acb.org slash ADP. Uh, for those, I think most everybody in this room is very aware, and Kim could speak to this, uh, but we have had an explosion of interest in the ADP website due to online streaming. Uh, Fred keeps track of, I think, multiple services now, I know, uh, from you know Netflix, from Amazon, from iTunes, from Apple, uh, Apple uh, Plus, from uh, Disney Plus, and they continue to grow. Uh, Hulu. And so each one of these requires Fred to reach out to these organizations, uh, develop a relationship, then write a program to get a download of a feed, and then upload it into ADP. So for something that was really a part-time job for Fred that he did for a very reasonable honorarium, it is now taking him over 20 hours a week to maintain our ADP website. He's a retired engineer from IBM. He does this for us right now for $400 a month. So we've, we've, the Budget and Finance Committee has, uh, has approved an increase of his pay for the remainder of this year to go from $400 a month to $800 a month, which still works out to be about $10 an hour. This is not a huge compensation. Um, we think uh, the Budget and Finance Committee unanimously approved it as uh, we thought the right thing to do given the work that Fred has put in for well over a decade and to really recognize him for those efforts. So I'd like to go ahead and have a motion from someone in the board to uh, maybe Kim as our ADP, or uh, Jeff Bishop has moved, and he's second, Doug Powell. Uh, so any discussion to increase uh, uh, the budget authority by $4,000 for this year uh, related to a contract resource for the ADP website? Any other discussion? The motion for the secretary's benefit would be to um, amend the budget to um, this particular line item. Is that correct, Dan? That's correct. Be correct. Yeah. Increase it by four thousand dollars. Increase it by four thousand dollars for the for fiscal twenty twenty. And this is, I don't know what the line item is. ADP. ADP. Yeah. ADP, ADP website services. ADP website services. I think that's a 
Yeah, they're very clear. Thank you. They thank you, Kim. Doesn't help her very Yes, yes. I gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Good, good, good. That you good with that, Denise? Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. So that is the motion. We have a second. Is there any more discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Next, uh, I think, Nancy, you had conflict of interest? Yes. The only thing I need to say on this one is that each year our board members need to sign a conflict of interest document so that's basically saying that they have no conflicts with what they're doing within other organizations with our organization. So I will be coming around and getting signatures from everybody on the board today. So Nancy's doing a dual rollout here. While she hands you your Braille form raffle tickets for sale, she's going to ask for your signature with a conflict of interest. So, all right. So thank you so much, Nancy. And then okay. uh, the last item uh, to come before uh, in, in Nancy's report, I believe, is dealing with uh, board reserve. And I think you have some background there, Nancy. Yes. So something I need to do is I need to make sure ACB has the funds to pay our operating expenses, but I also want to make sure we are investing our funds when there is an opportunity. Last year, in June, we were able to transfer $200,000 into our reserve account. There are also times of the year when ACB needs funds to meet our operating expenses. So I am asking for authorization to be able to transfer up to $150,000 from ACB's reserve funds to cover our operating expenses if needed. So if we do not need the funds, the reserve account would not be touched. But if I do need something to meet operating expenses, let's say in two weeks or in a month, I can take some money from the reserve account. Right. This, this is the time of year until membership kicks in and our convention sponsorships kick in that we are kind of, you know, even though our money does not come in literally every, every month throughout the year, our expenses are, are pretty consistent from month to month. And so this is kind of a low cash flow time. We'll get a lot of cash flow back in, and at the appropriate time, I'm sure we would return those funds to the board reserve. So, but the way our policy is written... Any time uh, that, that we are, or organization asks for money to be moved from the board reserve, it re requires approval of this board. So with that said, do I have anybody that ma would, would make the motion? That. Go ahead. Mr. President, I'd move that we authorize a transfer up to $150,000 as needed from the board reserve to cover expenses. Right, board reserve to the cash fund. Cash, yes. Cash fund. Cash account. Thank you, Ray. Do I have a second? Second. second from Kim. So Ray has moved. Kim has seconded. Any discussion? Question. Go ahead, Doug. Here. I'll catch him. Thank you. Uh, just a quick question. Um, I assume that this, you believe this would cover, this would cover us until the. Um, income starts coming in and uh, able to uh, yes. uh, meet expenses. Yes. Till, till ca yes, cash flow-wise. So yes. no other. Okay. So I do not anticipate anything else. So if I'm putting money into the reserve account, I don't need board approval. But if I put the 200000 in, when I need to bring it back out, I need your ISIS approval. Any other questions or discussion? 
Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you so much. I believe that is the last item for the staff reports. Mr. President, I move acceptance of the staff reports. Second. Ray has moved and David has second. Or was that Sarah? David was first. David was, David was first. David, would you be kind to let Sarah be yes. the seconder? Yeah, okay. Well, thank you. She did recently get engaged, you know. Yes. Do you want to stand? Yes. So, so, so Ray moves and Sarah seconds the approval of the staff report. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you so much. In honor of uh, David's uh, magnanimous offer and uh, to Sarah, we're now going to recognize David Trott to give us the financial narrative. Okay. When when I begin to read this 27-page document for you, um, if if you have trouble hearing me, I will bow to my young assistant and ask her to do it because uh, she can see it and read it at the same time. The, when I give you a line of figures, the first figure will be 2019 actual, 2019 budgeted, and 2018. I think there's three lines in the narrative that will do that. So that way you'll know and I won't have to go back and tell you what they are because they're not actually wrote in. Okay, ACB December 2019 financial statement. This is unaudited. 2019 Net profit, 530612 Budgeted loss of $117,371. 2018 net loss was 60294 Net profit loss from operations in 2019 lost uh, $66,258. Budgeted loss of $357, uh, I'm sorry, $357,861. And 2000, we had eight, 18, we had a profit of 16639 And if you look at what we budgeted to post what we actually lost, uh, I consider that excellent. Unauthorized gain or loss, 2019 gain, 442000 I'm sorry, 422000 $794, not budgeted in 2018, a loss of 317803 Surplus deficit before convention, 2018 profit, $356,537, a deficit of $357,861 in 2018, deficit was 301164 and, and actually, they're in parentheses, so it'd be reversed. All right, convention profit, 2019 profit, $174,076. The budget was for $240,490. 2018 profit was $240,870. Revenue, 2019 actual, $1,384,536. Budgeted, $1,170,181. 2018, $1,429,513. Page two of 27. <laughs> You're hilarious. 
Unrestricted contributions, 403,795, 316,450, and of course, 2018, 359,881. Individual donations, 32,969. The large increase is from a, from two large donations received near the end of the year. Legacies and bequest, $76,028. Includes Nichols Magnuson, I hope I said that right, $11,701. Charlie Hodge, $4,800. And Rhodes Schroeder, uh, let me look at this a minute, uh, $59,127. The 2019 Schroeder re revenue uh, represents the increase in the value of the investments from the 2017 money. The vehicle donation program, the next, uh, let's see, the net profit to ACB is receiving from vehicle donations is $5,651. Giving Tuesday this year, ACB reached out through social media, media at the end of the year Page three of 94. Oh, you guys are paying attention. You make me proud. <laughs> Instead, and, the, the, and resulted in an increase over the year. Restricted contributions, 159,936, 180,230, 400, uh, no, wait a minute, that's a typo, uh, as I was told earlier, uh, 310,218. Actually, if we hadn't had the typo, if that had been real, it would have been 4 million. It would have been nice, but unfortunately, the dollar sign didn't take, you know. <laughs> um, there were potential grants budgeted in 2019, which ACB did not receive. So while this category is below revenue, you will not see the corresponding expenses either. Restricted contribution, let's see, restrict, restricted corporate contributions is higher than the budget because of the new revenue recognition standards. Funds received for 2020 that don't have a barrier to, okay. Oh, oh, that might make sense now. A barrier to overcome <laughs> need be recognized in the year. They were received, but they are now, now restrict, they are not restricted. Now, now restricted. I'll get that right in a minute. Um, the funds were for a convention sponsorship and strategic planning. Page 16 of 400. <laughs> Membership dues, 51,360, 51,710, 50,361. We started to focus on re retaining our current membership while looking at ways to engage our new members. Fundraising activities, $155,590, $150,000, 
$168,824 and $162,444. The walk donations and sponsorships were down for 2018 when we had an, where we had an outstanding year. Uh, let me go back and read that again. Walk donations and sponsors were down. Oh, there's no comma there. From 2018. What it actually means is in 2019, we did less than we did in 2018. Uh, Although we still did really good. Yeah, we did. We, we did do good. They're just, uh, sorry about that. There wasn't any punctuation there, and I just kept on going. <laughs> Eight, and don't worry, I don't recognize half the punctuation I read anyway. ACBES, this is nice, 365,944, 289,487, and 221,604. So he keeps climbing, isn't that great? The Lubbock store met their budget, and Amarillo has made great improvements in their net profit over the last year. ACB's Investment policy is between a conservative and balanced portfolio. The, le the legacy fun fund performance was above policy expectations while, I won't interrupt the sentence, this page five, while, The revenue and endowed accounts, I'm sorry, reserved and endowed accounts were slightly below. Okay. Adjustments were to the um, adjustments were to the investments in these accounts in the last quarter of the year to help increase overall return while still following the investment policy guidelines. Expenses? $1,450,793, A membership and affiliate services staff member was added in June, increasing our wages and benefits over the previous year. However, office wages and expenses were under budget. Building maintenance and repairs is part of the cost for redecorating, redecorating services for the uh, Alexandria office. The uh, furniture expenses are, are being <laughs> depreciated over time, so you will see and Well, so you will see, I can't, but maybe you will. <laughs> so you will see, page 940 of 940, an increase in fixed assets. ACB received funds in 2018 for this purpose. The increase in legal services was for Reviewing the scholarship contract ACB now has with AFB, assisting the development 
of the Code of Conduct and with the Blair Trust. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of page 940. Thank you. And is that the end of your report, David? Your um, yes, except for my thanks to my colleague and the person who actually puts this together because I ain't got enough sense to, Nancy Becker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I thank her for the $4 million, even though she took it away. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for the report, David. Are there any questions uh, for David? Jeff has moved to accept the report, and Katie? Katie seconded. Yay! Any discussion? Hearing none, all in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? I just want to say thank you, David, and thank you, everybody in ACB. It was a good year. When you hear, when you hear positive numbers of near a half a million dollars, that is a good year. So thank you very much. Yeah, but let's start moving ahead and make it happen in 2020. That's, that's the big right. Deal. Yes, let's do it. All right, item number 12. We are going to hear from uh, Denise Colley. I don't, is Rebecca? Just you, Denise? Yeah, okay. Denise Colley, co chair of the scholarship committee. Uh, I wonder if she could just maybe say a word or two about kind of our new improved scholarships this year with a combination of uh, AFB funding with our ACB funding. And then she wants to present a uh, new uh, applicant, winner applicant uh, policy related to our scholarship winners. So, Denise? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll get David's Does she need the stand? I'll get the stand. All right. Thank you, Dan. Um, yes, first of all, this is extremely exciting, and I'll be talking more about this tomorrow. But um, we were, Eric was approached by the American Foundation for the Blind. Um, they had several scholarships <clears throat> that they distributed each year, and um, the scholarship part of their program is kind of moved away from what they are primarily um, focused on these these days, but they still wanted the scholarships distributed. And so they asked ACB if we would be willing to be the, um, the, the, if we would be willing to do the actual selection and dissemination of the scholarships for AFB. And so what we have done is we have taken a lot of their scholarships and um, combined them with already existing scholarships if the qualification requirements were similar enough that we could do that. And that then allowed us to increase our scholarship amounts. And so now our scholarships primarily run from the lowest is $2,000, and there's just a couple of those, up to the majority of them are 4,000, 4,500 to 5,000. And then we have the three Pangeer scholarships at 7,500. 7, so that is really exciting. But what that has done, and one of the things that we really discovered, especially this last summer, was 
We previously, in our attendance um, requirements for awarding a scholarship, told applicants, if you have extenuating circumstances, like you are doing a summer internship, you have a summer job, um, you're getting an NFB scholarship, um, you are doing a work experience, those are legitimate reasons for not attending convention, unless, uh, but in doing so, you need to provide um, documentation from your supervisor, advisor, whatever, telling us that you, in fact, are doing these, ta these things and cannot attend the convention. The scholarship committee discussed this, and we feel very strongly that that policy needed to be changed given the increase in our scholarship amounts, and that given that, we really, as a committee, had the right to say to scholarship uh, applicants, you know, this is a requirement. If we're going to give you this amount of money, you really need to be at convention. So um, we have uh, developed a new attendance policy for scholarship winners that I'd like to <clears throat> just read so that everybody in the room can hear what it has to say because it really does, can affect what the state, the states who provide us scholarships um, do and that we want the states to make sure that they know that this is going on. The other thing I will tell you is we are going to be changing part of our policy this year or part of our program, and instead of having the scholarship reception on the evening of the day that the scholarships are actually awarded, uh, presented, we are going to be hosting the scholarship reception the evening before so that more of our scholarship winners will be at the reception. Um, the other reason for this policy change was it was really, I mean, our three largest scholarships last year, our $7,500 scholarships, all three of our winners were doing summer internships. So none of them were there. And if Mr. Pangier had been at convention, that could have been a little awkward. So the policy now reads, American Council of the Blind uh, Scholarship Winners Conference and Convention Attendance Requirements. It is a requirement of the American Council of the Blind <clears throat> ACB, that ACB scholarship awardees attend the National Conference and Convention. At a minimum, awardees must be present through the formal scholarship presentation at convention general session, though they are strongly encouraged to attend the entire event. If there are extenuating circumstances that would make the awardee unable to meet this requirement, he or she will need to make this known at the time of the interview and will be required to submit the appropriate supporting documentation. Examples of extenuating circumstances that would be acceptable for not attending include getting a guide dog, because those dates are usually pretty set, uh, or a previously planned trip out of the country. Not out of the state, but out of the country. For awardees who indicate they will be unable to attend due to such reasons as internships, work experiences, blindness training programs, summer school programs, receipt of an NFB scholarship, or in other jobs, it is suggested that they, require, that they request 
the time away to attend from the start of the conference and convention up through the formal scholarship presentation at convention general session. So what we are basically saying here is um, you need to go work it out with your professor or whomever and get their permission to come to convention. The inability to attend the conference um, or convention will be taken into consideration in the selection process and the final exception decision will be made by the scholarship committee co-chairs. Scholarship award winners under the age of 18 are not required to attend the conference and convention. However, they may do so with the consent, with the consent of their parents. And if a scholarship is offered by an ACB state affiliate and residency in that state is required, the affiliate is expected to pay the travel costs of the scholarship winner to the ACB conference and convention. If the state affiliate cannot underwrite this expense, the awardee will not be uh, required to attend. Scholarship awardees are required to attend all conference and convention events that relate to the ACB scholarship program, as well as any other convention events specifically paid for by the ACB. Because awardees receive a one-year membership to the ACB students um, affiliate, they are strongly encouraged to be present at ACBS activities. Should a scholarship winner need to cancel their attendance at the conference and convention after plane tickets have been purchased by ACB, reimbursement for those incurred costs will be deducted from the scholarship award. There may be extenuating circumstances such as a death in the family that do not require that funds be uh, deducted, but these will be reviewed and handled on a case-by-case -case basis. The ultimate decision about whether or not to award someone a scholarship who is unable to attend the convention is at the discretion of the scholarship chairpersons. And we would like feedback from the board and um, approval of this policy. Do, do I, first, that maybe if we could have a motion to approve the uh, adoption. policy, adoption of the policy. All right, Kim has moved and Ray has seconded, and now we'll open it for discussion. And Sarah, you had the first question. Yeah, I just have a question about the, the reimbursement part there at the end. Um, would that also include um, going to get a guide dog? Because sometimes you don't know the dates until right up until you get chosen um, if they match you with a dog? No, that probably would not include that since we are saying that that could be a legitimate reason for not coming. Well, what, no, my, what I'm saying is that if they think that they can come but they don't know because of, because sometimes you don't know which class uh, oh, you're you, going you've to. You've gone be. ahead and booked the tickets and right. then, your, then your class And then all of a sudden they have a match for, for you because dog. sometimes I, that I, happens. I think that would be reasonable. I just, I, I know the death of the family was the example, so I just wanted to make sure that guide dogs are covered in all aspects of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but Sarah's saying for the specific yeah. example, and I yeah. think that would that be would under be your exception policy. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that yeah, yeah, that's yeah, covered yeah, in all yeah. aspects yeah. of the policy. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. Thank you. No, no, not, not if it was for a legitimate reason. Yeah. yeah, okay. Where this has really gotten to be an issue is students or uh, scholarship winners who come to us after we paid their ticket and said, oh, well, I'm doing a 
uh, uh, like a summer um, work experience through my agency for the blind. Well, you, sh you obviously knew that before you applied. Yeah, Mr. President, I would like to propose what, what I consider is a friendly amendment. I would like to see an, an NFB removed and insert another. I don't think we need to single out okay, any that, organization. Yeah. That's, that's a legitimate friendly amendment, yes. Okay, so uh, Ray and Kim, who yeah. moved yeah. in second, and you guys yes, are good with them? Nice. Okay, yeah. friendly amendment and adopted. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Any other discussion? Doug, okay. Doug Powell? I think you were careful about conference and convention until the very end, like one sentence from the end, where you just referred to the convention. Uh, do you want to make that consistent? Oh, yeah, it will be. I'm sorry. Yes, it will be consistent. Okay. Thank you, Doug. Any other discussion, comments? Hearing none, all those in favor of adopting the policy signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Denise. Good job. We've yes. been needing this. Thank you so much. Yes. Next, we're going to hear uh, the wonderful progress with ACB Radio from Jeff Bishop, our ACB Radio Steering Committee Manager. Jeff. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, I'm actually going to uh, have two of our newest staff members give you the report. I have a few things to say, uh, and then I'm going to turn it over to Debbie. And Jason, you're still in the room? Great, because it's coming your way. All right. Um, let, let, me, let me first start by, uh, by really thanking the team that we have, both uh, Debbie and, and Jason. Um, the work that is currently taking place for ACB Radio would not happen without the hard efforts of both of them. Uh, and uh, it, it all started really back in July. They've been doing this for months. And uh, they really deserve a round of applause for that. Thank you. Some of you may be wondering where we are with ACB Link. ACB Link has a, a release candidate out now and uh, should be released next week into the App Store. So uh, this version has uh, a number of improvements. Uh, one thing, it's going to allow us to more easily adapt to our ever-growing streaming changes that will be happening this year over ACB Radio um, without having to release a new version. There's a new audio player. So ACB Radio can again be heard on iOS 13. We've had a number of people who have who brought that to our attention. We were definitely aware of that. This is what happens when Apple deprecates things. <laughs> Makes it a little hard to, to keep that going. Um, so expect that to hit your app store probably by uh, mid to end of next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm going to now turn this over to Debbie Hazelton, who is ACB Radio's uh, managing director. And uh, she's going to give you some updates about all kinds of fun things. And then, we're, then we'll hear from Jason, who is the technical managing director. He'll give you, at a high level, the things that are happening on the server. And there's some pretty exciting things happening that I think you're going to be uh, 
anxious to hear about. So Debbie, take it away. Thank you, Jeff. Can you all hear me? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. It's been a delight to be here with you today, even though I'm not there in person, darn. I'm jealous. Uh, but I'm very happy to be with you uh, in this role and in this meeting. And so ACB Radio has been going through a lot of wonderful changes. We did post a report. If you have seen it, I believe, I don't know exactly in the Dropbox or posted somewhere. Um, but I want to say thank you to Jeff, who has been hugely supportive. We've had similar visions for a long time. And Jeff has really let Jason and I run with things. And, and we've, you know, we bounce things off with him and, and every now and then he'll say, but wait, what about this and this? And yeah, yeah. Okay. So we collaborate, we work wonderfully together and I've been able to work with many of you and, and Cindy, I agree. Eric has maybe just said, you don't have to do that right now, do you? Like, slow down. And yet he hasn't said no either. And it's been wonderful. So the thing that I am, I'm excited about two big things. There are, you know, probably several subsets under all of those, but two big things. One is, many of you know that we began uh, selling the right for, for affiliates to purchase ads on ACB radio. And I have to tell you, I wasn't so sure I was excited about it. I thought, oh, I hate taking money from affiliates. And, you know, uh, somebody said, well, that would be nice in a perfect world. But, and somebody else said, well, you know, they probably will want to. Well, guess what? Affiliates, many of you wanted to do this. And, so I now know of, are you ready for the number? 18 that have gotten in on this. I am so proud. Wow, affiliates go affiliates. So we have been very busy with production. And on the break that we just had, I heard several of your affiliates twice, at least, several of them. Now, not only did we, have we been busy producing them, but we've had a lot of different voices producing them. We've had Carla, I think Carla did, uh, was it three or four? At least three of them. Carla did the voice. And um, we have had um, Doug Hunsinger uh, voicing some of them and Mike Moran, who's back there with Rick Morin. Uh, and Jason and myself, and they have all equally been very busy putting finishing touches on these and cleaning up. Sometimes there are peas popping and, and other little sounds, and they've been really helpful in cleaning them up and building music beds under them. So those ads are there, and I want you to know that Jason uh, has been working like crazy to get those ads on the stream. He won't he won't want to tell you how hard he's been working, but I know that it is at times a real headache, but he's been getting them on the server and attaching them to programs so that they don't get cut off, so that people do hear them, and um, including our updated schedules. He's got a lot of those out there on the stream and on the, you know, on the server as well. Um, so the ads are very exciting. 
And I know of some others that are are uh, talking about coming into this campaign. So I actually really like helping ACB make money. <laughs> I really do. And and it's it's not only about making money, it's about people working together and affiliates getting known out there. You know, if I saw the name blind information technology specialist, I would think, well, that's only for geeks. That's not for people who don't know what to do on Windows or the phone or something. But guess what? It really is. And if I heard the name Bits, I might not know. Or I, you know, I didn't know what Friends and Art was for when I first was around. I didn't know. I thought that was pe for people who did like relief drawings or something. I didn't know it was for people enjoying all the arts. So now our affiliate ads are helping more people know what our affiliates are about. So the other thing I'm, I'm really excited about is affiliates doing shows and, and more of you all doing shows. So like I heard Rick talking on the air, we are all learning a lot more about using Zoom and we wanna help you do more shows. We wanna help you get out on the airwaves with things that are happening in ACB and we really wanna bring more live shows out there to our listeners. And so Zoom is one really good way of doing it. And um, so affiliates, we have main menu starting to do, I mean, we have bits starting to do main menu. And um, we're gonna be working with bits to, um, to get that working, well, to get main menu, to keep main menu where it is as a flagship station, a flagship program. We want ACB Radio, we know ACB Radio is really about holding hands with ACB. So we're going to be working closely with BITS on that project. And they graciously put out their first show uh, for this month. And it's exciting to have them doing that with us. And um, Friends in Art is soon bringing Art Parlor to, um, to ACB Radio. And that's they've already... Jason's been working with them. I think they've recorded three shows and they just have to get some finishing touches out there um, to get those shows ready. But I think they'll be starting in March. Jason uh, has been doing a whole lot of work with that. Uh, Cindy Van Winkle, I just, I just am so happy with what Cindy does for ACB. And I, I uh, pay close attention because I think that, um, I think she's a matriarch. To ACB, she's kind of like. Did you hear a lot of good mothering? She really nurtures these <laughs> these affiliates and members, and um, so Cindy's going to bring a show to ACB Radio called ACB in Action, cool. and uh, so I think that's going to start next month. Um, so, and we have some other shows in the hopper. Um, Mika is coming out with Bookability. And uh, there's all kinds of good stuff. And I know that we're only scratching the surface. So um, you can all find me. I'm, I am on the leadership list. I try not to post too much there um, <laughs> that doesn't belong there. But you know where I am. And I'm really happy to hear from you. And I just am honored to, uh, to be with you. So let me pass this over to Jason. Thank you so much. Any questions for me, please? Uh, ask when when uh, Jason is done. Take it away, Jason. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Debbie. Um, <laughs> did you all hear how smooth Debbie delivered all that information? Yeah. 
Now, now watch me not do that. That's why I'm doing the tech stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me... S- <laughs> Yeah, I'll just sing my report. There you go. Oh, there you go. Ooh. (laughs) Everything's working. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Well, well... Let me let me start off by by saying thank you so much. I I couldn't be working with a better team of people. Uh, It it feels great to have... uh, You know, I started voluntarily, and it's, it's just... It's been such a great ride um, working with everyone, and especially uh, Debbie's just had some great ideas, and we've just been implementing, implementing, reaching out. Um, my my uh, task, uh, as Debbie was pointing out, is getting the stuff up on the server, um, and that involves a couple <laughs> of different steps depending on what automation we're using, and, and especially if we don't want things to get caught off there, are ways of, of putting it up there um, that just take a little time because you have to go editing all these little text files. So, uh, but a lot of fun. And uh, we are, as Jeff mentioned earlier, we are um, changing our server environment so that we'll have room for um, um, updates and enhancements in the future. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other... Audio Now, yes, I bet that's on some people's minds. Audio Now is now called Xenomedia, and one of the things we're working on doing is combining the two numbers, um, and some of you may even know the four numbers, um, because their numbers changed at some point, and then the original numbers began working again. But if, you, if you're wanting to call ACB over the phone, it's been an interesting, uh, an interesting journey. And we're working to consolidate all of that so there's just one number with all of the services you expect on it. And that will include any of ACB's publications as well as all of the streams. So very exciting. It's just taking a little time. It's a free service, and the support, well, reflects the free price tag. Hey, Jason. Yes. What are are you doing the west of your life? (laughs) The west of my life? Well, the the west of my life is dedicated to um, establishing a new stream for Mainstream, and that is Mainstream West. And we're very excited about Mainstream West because it will allow everyone to hear... The programs, so if, 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 for example, you hear there's a program at 9 a.m., you won't have to worry whether it is Eastern Time or Pacific. It will apply to both. So uh, that is very exciting. And uh, we, already have, we already have support for it in ACB Link, so that will be, um, that will be reflected in ACB Link. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought, but that's okay. Um, any other points, Debbie, that, that you can think of that I'm missing? I just know you've been working super hard to learn all this and catch on and help uh, lots of people with email issues. Oh, and, yeah, email issues. Oh. That had to be mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it did get mentioned this morning, and, and already I think people are, are seeing the, the results 
of, of that um, procedure that we, we um, opened up a little bit more so that the, the problem ISPs mails, uh, emails will get through. So that's very good. Um, and uh, we're, we're just, we're cooking. I think we're doing great. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Jay, Jason, it's Dan. Could you talk a little bit about the podcast? It just seems like they continue to grow. The podcasts absolutely continue to grow. Um, the sh just shows that are coming, like Art Parlor. Um, there are some other shows, like Sleuth Hound U. Um, they will all have the um, podcast um, um, feed available to them. And we, I, I've just started learning about how collecting all of these statistics work and so we've been we've been watching the numbers on the podcasts and we'll continue to do that and i know we have plenty of main menu listeners as well as <laughs> acb advocacy update and the braille forum so um i will continue to watch those numbers grow and uh keep reporting oh and this is exciting to me uh this morning i was just telling rick what before i left i was seeing that we had Current listeners were 59 with a peak of 62 for this uh, event. So very excited. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Debbie and Jason. Um, I have one more item of business that I wanted to talk about. This is the 13A or B, I guess is what it would be, uh, item that uh, Dan added to the agenda this morning. And this has to do with uh, technology. And uh, first of all, I'm extremely. Uh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, but before we go to before we go to item B, can we? You, you okay with a couple of things to wrap up item A? Yeah, yeah, we'll, sure. Approve the ACB radio report, and then we'll do B. Okay, okay, sure. Okay. Um, I, just personally, I wanted to thank Jeff and Jason and Debbie and the entire steering committee team. As somebody who was not uh, in imminently involved with ACB Radio as becoming president. I had an opportunity to join the management team. Uh, and this is a high-energy, high-working team. You know, I mean, between besides Jeff and Jason and Debbie, you've got Deb Cook-Lewis, Rick Morin, Carla. Katie, Carla, Katie Frederick. Oh, Carla has been wonderful. And I'm yeah, telling you, Rick, the whole yeah. team... These meetings are full of energy, excitement, ideas. They're all supporting and collaborative of each other. And I just want to say, keep up the good work. It's absolutely fantastic. And I know Eric wants to say a few words, too. Well, it's been, uh, it's been fun being able to uh, get to know Jason and Debbie over the last several months. But um, we, the Jason, Debbie, Jeff show, they meet with me every couple weeks. And... Uh, Jason and Debbie. At six in the morning, too. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, you know, I can't control where you live. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, it's one hour later than the public awareness hearing. That, that, that's, that, that's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, it's, it's been great. And, and um, we've integrated Jason and Debbie into our weekly team meetings as well. So they are uh, integrated into the national office, Minneapolis office, and other uh, contractors. So it's, it's been great to have them on the team and have them um, uh, share about ACB Radio, but also get to have a better understanding of what it is we're working on day to day so that uh, they can contribute and uh, 
and we can lend our own thoughts at times regarding ACB Radio. Thank we you. We get a motion to approve yeah. the uh, yeah. report. All right. All right. Was that Katie? Katie and Ray seconded. Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank, and now, thank you. Item B. Okay. Item B. All right. And I know this might be a little controversial, and I'm sorry um, for that. Um, this, has, this really has to do with, with technology. and. Uh, continuing a little bit on the ACB radio theme here, uh, I'm extremely excited that all of the events this weekend are being streamed so that all of our members can hear and we can be held accountable to the things that we say here to all of our members and it's publicly in view. So thanks for Dan for his leadership in making that happen. Thank you, Dan. Um, what I wanted to talk about was, uh, and I think that that I don't know that we can drive a full policy here today, but I would like to at least propose that we work toward one. And that is, I, I would like us to look at the possibility of, of allowing, um, and, and I have a few things to say about this, to allow board members to attend um, via Zoom. Now, there's a, few, there's a few issues here. I understand that there's a stipend available. Um, some, some people may not feel like they want to burden the, the budget with that, right? Um, and I think that's, that, that's, an, that's an honorable thing. Uh, I, I think that there are some meetings that, that people absolutely should be here for. For example, the convention. Um, and, and, and really, the policy, the policy should state that you really highly are encouraged to be here in person. Um, but that this option could be made available to you if at all possible. We've proven that this is, that this is workable, that the technology exists. There's, that this is being used across the, the world, really, in, in corporations around the world, whether it's Zoom or Teams or Skype, whatever the case may be. This type of technology is used all the time. Uh, so uh, I understand the face-to-face -face nature of this and that, that that's really, really important, and, and I get that. Um, and, and, and I think that, there's, that there would be some, of, you know, some concern about that. Uh, I don't see this as a, as a primary reason for people to attend board meetings, but as an option. So um, I, I would like to at least open it up for discussion or at least to see where we go from, from here. I'm not sure what committee would want to take it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's more prob important. probably management and administration. Yeah, I was going to say management and administration. Yeah, a, a few minutes just to discuss it, and, and I do think this board has been open, at least so far, to include that option for those that are having health reasons. Yeah, so I know already, we've done it for Carla, it yeah. and we've done it for Mitch, and right, we offered it right, to Mark. So, right. so we're at least making that option available. But this is expanding a little bit. It says it's not necessarily a health issue. You know, right. it's Sarah, and she's on her honeymoon, and she'd rather just call in, you know. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I don't think we want to hear her on her honeymoon. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. But, but. So, yes, yeah. So, so anyway, I, I just, uh, sorry, Sarah, I didn't mean to make light of that. <laughs> sorry, Sarah, we're yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, but 
Oh, See, now they're okay. Perfect. Well, that's perfect, good. Perfect. perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, she probably like, agreed. Uh, so, um, but but I think it is worthwhile to have a discussion about this. I, I do think we shouldn't decide a policy today. It's good to have a little bit of a discussion, and then I think probably the right uh, the right steering committee to put this under would be management and, and administration. Agree, probably yeah. probably form perhaps even a little ad hoc uh, committee to work on it for briefly, see if we can draft a policy. But with that said, uh, any Mr. opinions, Chair? thoughts? Mr. Chair. Okay. Uh, that was Denise. Right? Uh -huh. Okay. Go ahead, Denise. I know and I would say I think it's extremely important that the board in its entirety be at convention and really that the board be here for this event because it gives us the opportunity to interact with our affiliate presidents. And when there are specific training um, activities going on like the strategic planning process that we went through. But it just seems to me that a one day meeting, like the fall board meeting, mm -hmm. makes no sense to bring everybody in if we're really trying to be cost efficient to really look at is that an efficient use of our funds to bring all of the board in for a one-day meeting you're here yeah. and i know traditionally at least the last few years we started this under kim and i think we continued it this year i know we did for the fall board meeting we tried to do a half day and then on friday and then a full day on saturday again to make it worthwhile if you're going to do the investment of bringing right, people right. in and I do think uh, Janet could talk to this later, but there is some value uh, in supporting the uh, convention committee as they're doing their work at the fall board meeting. Yeah. That's but, but having said that, I think that's a, a good example where it may not be necessary for everybody to be there in person. Yes. Okay. Other comments? David. David. And there was somebody after David? Doug. Okay. Doug first and then David. Okay. Go ahead, Doug. Thank you. Um, I thought the purpose of being at a fall, the, the, the purpose of the fall board meeting being at the hotel was for us to evaluate and make sure that that hotel was going to work for the convention and sort of like do a, it by then. Well, we've already signed the contract by then, but, but it's not so much how to make it work. I'd say not okay. that, All right. you how know, to make it work. But how, so. you know, you know what, what makes sense? Where does it make sense to have the uh, you know, have the breakout sessions, to do the walk. You know, there's all kinds of things that get discussed. We're not doing that. Yeah. No, but we're, so, pro but we're providing input. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Staff. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Okay. I, I think that function has fallen by the wayside. So, uh, and, and I think it's an important function as, as, uh, we are responsible for the organization fiduciarily. Um, I think that I think that we ought to play a larger role somehow. If we're going to have a half day session, then maybe the other half day should be uh, reviewing, you know, walking around the hotel and actually uh, evaluating what's going on, what will happen, and how we should be able to do it. So, so I I, I think that ought to be reinstated as part of that meeting. And, and uh, predicated on the fact that I, I, I believe that the board members ought to be at at person-to-person -person meetings. And I think if we're going to give any dispensations at all, it ought to be for a, you know, on a case-by-case -case basis for legitimate reasons if it's not for health. Okay. Thank you, Doug. 
And then David. And then Ray's in the queue after that. There's, there's a lot of value in a face-to-face meeting. However, as we've gone through life, we know that, you know, eight-track tapes are no longer the norm for listening to music. Um, times times not. are a-changing. Okay. But realistically, what I would like to see if we did something like this, that up to one-third of the board could be excused on a first-come, first-served basis, I would hate to see us get away from a full face-to-face because there's a lot of value to it. Uh, I do understand if someone has a financial need and the $500 stipend's not enough and they need to stay at home, or if they have an illness and they need to stay at home, or a conflict even with work or whatever. We, we a lot for that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really don't see this as an issue. If you tell us you have an excuse, nobody asks for a doctor's statement. Uh, you know, nobody really, uh, other than we worried about you, we don't really care why you don't come. It, it's, it's the fact that you call in. Uh, well, I'm a southern boy, and I was always taught to shut the corn down the way it comes. Now, I mean, if, if we thought your cousin was dying, you know, we'd, be, we'd feel sorry for you because we, we would worry about your cousin. But what, what I'm saying here is, is that we're here. We're here to serve a purpose, and that's to run the organization between conventions. Mm -hmm. And it is not as efficient on the phone. I don't care what anybody says. Zoom is great. I love Zoom. But you don't get the face-to-face interaction on that Zoom call that you do here face-to-face. However, if we want to open up a limited amount where we don't change the structure of what we're doing at this point, and see how it works. I certainly don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem with excusing everybody from a fall board meeting that is really a lot of time the introduction to the new board members and they need that introduction to this thing. So that's all I got on it. Okay, next Ray and then Eric wants to say a few words after Ray. And and then Jim Crott and Sarah after that. So go ahead, Ray. Sounds good. All right. Um, thank you. Um, and thank you, Jeff, for bringing this up. Um, uh, I generally agree with what's been said here uh, today. Um, I think that when a face-to-face meeting is scheduled, everyone should make the effort to try to be there in person. Having said that, though, ladies and gentlemen, this is how business gets done these days with, the, with these technological platforms. For example... There are, there are people that I meet with at work that are in other parts of the country and stuff, and I never see them. The only time I hear them is on a conference call. I know about the inefficiency of things. I, th- I think things like Zoom uh, make the process a little bit better and a little bit clearer and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think that I think that we can, you know, allow people that, for whatever reasons. Uh, cannot attend uh, a, a particular board meeting, uh, the opportunity to, uh, we can bring them on technologically and, and uh, get, you know, give them a chance to, uh, to fully participate because, and, and we've been open to that in the past, and I certainly hope that whatever policy we come up with will continue to keep us open to that because this is the, this is the future, guys. Thank you, Ray. And now Eric? 
Sure. I've got it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, obviously I'm not going to vote one way or the other. Uh, what I will say is that, uh, you know, from, from my standpoint, and I would, I would also argue from my team's standpoint, we uh, get so much out of these face-to-face -face interactions yes. uh, with, with you all on the board. Um, the, our, you know, my team works so incredibly close with you all. Uh, on various issues, projects, uh, finding solutions to things. And many of the conversations that we have here, the, the most beneficial ones, actually occur outside of this meeting. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's something that I, I learned a long time ago from Pat Beatty <laughs> about having a beer at the bar and, like, solving all the world's problems, or at least a few. And so, but, but, um, from a from a getting things done standpoint um, for this organization, um, I will just say that that we really value the face to face time that we have with you all. Very good, and and we had Jim and Sarah. Jim and Sarah. Okay, Jim, Jim, Sarah, and then Dan Dillon. Okay. Oh, who? Rick Moore. Rick Rick Morin. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Rick. Well, no. Jim's first. Oh, I'm confused now. Okay. Jim, Sarah, Rick, and Dan. Okay. Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Thank you, Joel. I, I thought I was going to, to stand up and be counted as uh, hip, hip, hooray with uh, none other than our Alabama treasurer. <laughs> I, I, I can't. To me, his words echo strongly in my ear. There is nothing better than face-to-face -face conduct, communication, and interaction. But when I hear Eric echo all that and add a whole new dimension to it, um, we have three meetings a year that we're asked to attend. We have three or more telephonic meetings a year that we're asked to participate in. Yep. We're not doing everything uh, in live meetings, and I think that at this point we have a good balance and a good mix. I have participated telephonically in the October board meeting and granted I wasn't up to speed physically when I did that meeting, but folks, it's not the same. It's not the same, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Um, so, you know, as the youngest member on this board, I, I do want to, um, you know, encourage you to consider allowing people to call in. Um, you know, there are a lot of people on this board who have worked for many years and maybe have um, more vacation hours than, than some of us newer employees. And I think if you are going to have representation on this board of the membership in ACB, that's going to include people in all stages of life. And um, that may be someone who is a little earlier in their career, might be someone who is a stay-at-home parent, uh, many, many different situations. And so I just want to encourage us to be open to um, allowing people to call in for meetings. Face-to-face -face is great. It is the best. But I want to make sure that opinions are heard on this board that are representative of all of the people in ACB or as many as possible. Um, and sometimes that's just not feasible, whether that's financial, whether that's life situation or whatever. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Good comments. Rick? 
Sarah, thanks for your comments. Mine are very similar to those. Um, I, you know, one thing that I would just ask everybody to consider, and obviously I'm not a board member, but I, I made a lot of observations, been around for quite some time. Um, for someone to run for the board today, it takes a considerable financial um, commitment uh, because there is no option to attend, quote unquote, part time. Now, I, I totally agree that um, face to face, you cannot beat the face to face, and I would hope that anybody that chooses to be on the board would make some commitment to be to, to be at some of these meetings. But to preclude all of it, I think, is, is a bit unfair. People earlier in their, their careers don't have the financial means that people may have during their career, and then people who have ended their career and find themselves in, in retirements with fixed incomes may find themselves in a, in a, in a bit of a financial bind as well. Uh, you know, if you go around this room and ask people how much money they spend every time they come to one of these things, uh, it's not cheap, okay? It's not cheap. So I, I, I would urge you not to make a black and white thing. I think discretion uh, is, is the matter of, of valor here. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think there ought to be strong encouragements. But the message should go out clearly that if you want to be a difference for ACB, uh, it doesn't mean that, that you can only do it if you have a fat wallet. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. And Dan Dillon? Yes. Coming to you, Dan. And was Jeff, Jeff, Tom after Dan? Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, well, uh, as you all know, I'm not the most talkative person in, in the world, but... Um, but I'm here for every board meeting. I consider it an honor to serve on the ACB board. And I don't, I don't think we should do anything to lessen that importance of serving on the board. So I'm just saying, let's not, it's all right to have that option, a Zoom option, if you will. And, but let's not make it too easy to avoid meeting face-to-face. Uh, -face. Thank you. All right, thank you, Dan. And then we have Jeff Tom, and then I think Kim is yes. next. Okay. <laughs> so I'll try not to duplicate anything. Um, just two points. First, as one who missed the session yesterday, but who, who's never missed a board meeting, as I recall, mm -hmm. um, I think most people that get elected to this board would not take undue advantage of this. But just in case there were that element, we need to make such a policy time limited and have a mandatory revisiting of it in whatever period of time we set. Because then if there is a problem, we can undo it, which obviously we could do anyway. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, Kim and then Ray with one more comment. And Deb. Okay. Um, thank you. And I've, uh, I've listened, and I think the recommendation with respect to, you know, where this topic goes, i.e., the Management Administration Steering Committee, is the right direction for this. Um, I've deliberately not given my opinion because I'm one of the leads in that group, and I am going to continue not to give an opinion because I want to be non-biased. I want to be as open-minded as possible about hearing all of what you have all said um, in the development of a policy because I do think this is really important. 
Um, you know, I feel important about the face-to-face. -face. I feel important. I feel it's important with recognizing technology, maintaining a life, you know, work-life balance. All those things that everybody said are all really important factors. We have a constitution to con to consider. There's a there's a quorum requirement for us right now in our constitution. We have to take a look at that document to see how such a policy would be impacted. So there's a lot of things we have to do before we can develop a policy. Um, we may have to make recommendations for a constitutional amendment before we can have a policy of this nature. So we've got work ahead of us in the steering committee, but um, I think this has been a good discussion, a healthy discussion, and I think it's the right place and we're going in the right direction and taking it cautiously, but with guidance from all of you, and I think the discussion was very worthwhile. Thank you, Kim. And then Ray, I'll just and say then one more quick thing. I just, as we, as we debate this and discuss this in the steering committee and other places, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on Rick and Sarah's comments, and that is, I take you back two years ago to St. Louis, when we had to scratch and claw to find candidates to fill board positions. So I think if we can structure this in such a way to say that, and I agree with Jeff Tom, I don't think people are going to take undue advantage of this, but at the same time, if this is the kind of thing that we can develop which can open up board service to more people, it ought to be done. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. And Deb yeah. Cook-Lewis? So I just wanted to point out something, and I, I basically think that I would fall into the uh, Jeff Bishop and Sarah and such camp on this, but the, the issue that I think we're really talking about here is not actually about attendance at the board meetings. We are going to, in the next couple of years, um, we're going to be going through this kind of discussion and debate about change in a lot of areas. And it's going to boil down to difference in experience. So, for example, I, although I enjoy meeting people and I enjoy being with people and I think that it's good if you can have a face-to-face -face sometime or other, I can tell you that in my job, which was a, a highly techie type job, I had colleagues who I worked with for 15 or 20 years who I never met and who I interacted with on a regular basis and who we made things happen together. So there's, there's a piece of culture that knows how to meet this way. It's, it's not just like the old fashioned phone meetings where we just all talk over each other or whatever and, and, the, and the phone keeps flaking out. Um, it's, it's not that that'll never happen. But, but there, there is a culture of people who hopefully we're recruiting into this organization as time goes by. Um, I'm a little old for the culture, actually, but, but because of where I worked, it, it came to me. But, but um, we're recruiting a culture that works this way, that's used to working this way, and you know values the face-to-face -face things. And when they get together for a face-to-face -face meeting, they do things they couldn't do on the phone. So there might be particular exercises that they do. Maybe it's calisthenics, I don't know. No, but there might be some particular exercises to do or some particular interactions to have that really do work better that way. But the business of their organizations, whatever that is, 
mm-hmm. happens off camera on the on the the platform and i think that this is going to come up for us over and over it's going to come up for us in how we do our conventions how we do our meetings how we do everything is going to have to considerably look different over the next few years to attract new people yes thank you deb and i and uh, Well, go ahead and wrap this up, and I'll just say, you know, my experiences when I was working at Siemens is that you—you—it's all about a balance, right? So, so you're building relationships, and you don't build relationships very well on 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 technology platforms. You build relationships in person, but once you've got those relationships built, you do work and very good work on technology platforms. And so it's a balance. It really is a balance. It's not, a, it's not an either or, it's both. It's, it's not a binary. It, it really is, it, it's really, and I thought, I really love what you said at the end there, Deb, is like when we do things like we did yesterday, like workshops, those are face-to-face necessities. And, and when we, and we, but when we're doing kind of basic board discussions, you know, this this room could be a technology platform just as well. It is. Deb, De- Debbie Hazelton would tell us that she's getting quite a bit out of being here as a Zoom participant today. And there was no disruption. There was no disruption. Yes. So so I, I echo Kim's concerns. We've got to keep an open mind about this. Let's please uh, Jeff and team. If everybody's with, uh, in occurrence with this, we'll refer this to the uh, management and administration steering committee. I think hopefully Kim and team uh, will work at putting a, a subcommittee together maybe to work on this. I would like, uh, I'm going to give you a smart objective for this, uh, Kim and team. I would like us to bring a proposal back for the convention, ACB convention uh, committee uh, board meeting in uh, Schaumburg. Nice. So that'll give, you, that'll give you four months to work on it, pull the people you need in from both the staff. Because of blank. There you go. You got it. All right. So we'll pull a policy together by the, uh, by the I believe it's uh, January, July 3rd uh, ACB board meeting in Schaumburg. And it's uh, for what? It is to uh, put the appropriate attendance policy together for our ACB board of directors meetings. So good with that? Okay. Thank you, Jeff. All right, uh, next, uh, if everybody's good with that, we'll move on to item number 14, which is our Board of Publications update with BOP Chair Deb Cook-Lewis. Thank you, Deb. Here, I'm bringing one. With the stand? No, I've done enough time on ACB radio and other radio things to know how to get on this mic okay and not blast you out. So mm-hmm. I can do this. Um, so I'm not going to go through and, and really give a Board of Publications report because um, two of our elected members, Penny Reeder and Zelda Gephardt, are actually going to do that tomorrow um, in, in the president's meeting, and there's no reason for me to duplicate that. So what I'm going to do, though, is, is talk with the board about the 
some of the activities that we're working on that result in change. And we just talked about how challenging change can be. So here we go. Um, so um, we have two projects that we've been working on um, that could involve change. And um, first of all, the, the uh, BOP is really a collaborative between the elected and appointed members of the Board of Publications, but it's also collaboration with other communication channels um, including things like ACB Radio and the email list manager and public relations and, and other areas. So, so these all really together um, do the work of the Board of Publications. Um, some time ago, several people uh, started coming to me and talking about email and ACB's sort of management of the email process and could we, could we do anything to kind of make it smoother and less duplicative and more on target and, you know, some of that. So um, um, we've been working with um, Bob Heche, who is the email list manager, and we are very close to having some materials that we will be um, sharing with the board and getting your input on and then... and. Um, probably being able to um, get adopted into the Board of Publications policy manual. It's great to have a place to stick these things so we don't lose them, so that's where we do. Um, so one of the things that we're thinking about is, and one of the things that really, there were two, two kind of conversations in the world that really motivated this. Um, one was some frustration about how we currently use the ACB leadership list. And that list is um, supposed to be a forum for leaders to talk to other leaders. Um, what it has over time become is a place where ACB makes um, announcements that then leaders um, are encouraged to forward on to members, but that requires a lot of extra work and a lot of forwarding and remembering to do it and all that. So we know it happens sometimes and sometimes doesn't happen. And sometimes when you have several leaders in an affiliate who are active on the leadership list, the um, members might receive the message several times because we didn't all look at the email before we sent. So <laughs> we were trying to be good stewards, right? We just weren't. So, you know, we've all been there, done that. Um, the other thing that happens on the leadership list is people pose their personal technology questions and uh, lots of other things that we've all done there. So this is not pointing any finger at anybody. And it's a great resource, and I like to ask my questions there. But that's really not what we envisioned the leadership list to, to be. So what we want to do is, is revitalize that list, and we want to have the affiliates go through and redesignate who they want their leaders to be who will be on the list. Um, and that means you're not there for life necessarily, which also has been a pattern. Um, and so basically, um, we want to try to redo that. And then, and then we're going to need to really work to feed it with discussion topics. And I'll bet Cindy has some, but I, I've thought of some too. So we'll, we'll be able to maybe be able to, to revitalize that. And you know what? If it turns out we don't need a leadership list, we also have the power to decide not to have it. So, but we want to try because it seems like having a forum for leaders to be able to communicate is with each other about leader, leaderly things, that's what I always call it, that would be a great feature. 
So we're going to, we're going to do that. Um, and then the next thing that we're going to do is sort of the same overhaul with um, ACBL. And Bob's really excited about this. And I wish he was here to talk about it because he does it with great enthusiasm. So um, basically, we could have had him on Zoom. I didn't think about it. Uh, basically, though, um, ACBL has um, unfortunately largely become a place where people forward announcements from other lists. And um, it's, it's, it's probably all good information, but it's available already somewhere. So what we're going to try to do is rather than, and rather than have everybody forward announcements from other lists, we're going to encourage people to tell you about those lists and encourage you to subscribe to them. Because if they're of interest to you, you ought to get the announcements. And you ought not to have to get them from us, too. So, because um, we'd like you to stay on ACBL. So we want to bring ACBL back to also having topics and, and talking and those generated by our members and questions and concerns. And um, I think that that's um, a great opportunity and a great way to um, focus that. And so one of the things I'm going to be asking of the, or we are going to be asking of the um, board members is to help us participate correctly on these two lists and actually become a presence. ACBL asks for you guys. Where are they? And um, it would be great if some or all of you would, would participate as we get this restructuring done. So we are going to be inviting people to do that. Now, that's also kind of training for us here in ACB because I know every time I send out an announcement about the Board of Publications meetings, how many thousand places do I send it, right? Well, that needs to stop. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I will be the first to stop. Um, but I'm going to be calling on others of you gently to do that as well. And we're not going to require that. It's not, nothing's going to happen. But we are really going to strongly encourage because I think it's going to make a big difference for everyone and make people want to be on our lists again and, and all that. So what we plan to do to solve some of this is to subscribe all of our members with the option to opt out to ACB Announce. It's probably the most underutilized list in the organization. That's where announcements go, gang. Oh, no. And, and the, it needs to be a one-way list so that your comments about those announcements won't come there. If you want to talk about them on ACBL and bash us and do us whatever you want, that's fine. And, or, if, or if it's appropriate to talk about it on leadership, by all means. I mean, it's not, I think many announcements have, have discussion points that are worth talking about. But, um, but the items that um, you know, normally are announcements um, need to go there. And we are needing to work out a, a we haven't, can't quite implement this yet because we have to work out a few logistics about that. Because if you want to post an announcement, um, what are we going to have you do with it? You know, how, how are you going to get it to the right place? And how are we going to make sure it gets taken care of in a timely way? And so we're working on some of the logistics. But we think that 
Um, and, and, we, and we've heard uh, strongly from people that, yeah, this is a great idea, but make sure you don't let the traffic of that get real high. So we're looking at digesting some kinds of announcements. So for example, right now on the leadership list, and, and we've already trained Kelly, she knows what we're going to do. Um, the, uh, the leadership announcements that come out from Kelly that are the simul posts with Facebook, for example, human interest story things. We're thinking about batching those and sending them out on, a, you know, once a week or something, uh, kind of like we do with dots and dashes, nice. um, rather than um, rather than sending them out um, every in that same rhythm and cadence that Facebook does. Yeah, they like that too. This, you know, we're doing some surveying while we're. This is good. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is helpful. Yeah. So, so we're we're fairly close. Um, um, Bob and I are working on revising the list um, guidelines and and some of those kinds of things because some of that's a little um, archaic and and we want to try to get that fixed. So we're working on that and we're working on the logistic about getting everybody subscribed. Um, we're going to be using ACB's constant contact to do that for the members because that way every time you move and you call Sharon with your change of email address or whatever you've done, we'll just change you one place instead of having to go out to some listserv and change you there. So we, we're trying to make this manageable for staff and pleasant for our members, but it appalls me. I mean, in the same way that I am so thrilled that we are broadcasting our board meeting today because I think we should have always been doing it. In the same way, it appalls me that somehow we've inadvertently gotten into a pattern where you can't get information about ACB unless some leader kindly forwards it to you, and that's garbage. Um, we, we don't need to do that. So, um, you know, if there's something that only leaders should see, it'll go to the leadership list and they won't forward it. But, you know, um, we're not asking people to do that anymore. It just doesn't make sense. So we, we recognize that some members don't want to know and that needs to be their option. So we want an easy opt out. But I've learned many years ago that opting you out is much easier than trying to opt you in. So we're, you're, you're coming and, and so it'll happen. And, and I'm, we are really open to feedback. Um, the whole BOP has been involved with this, as has the Public Awareness Steering Committee. Bob and I have taken the lead on it, but um, we, you know, we absolutely welcome your input and we'll be checking with you as we do it to make sure that it's meeting your needs and, and that it's better. And we will be helping some of the bigger offenders who forward lots. Um, we know who you are, and we will be, I, you'll personally hear from me, so, um, you know, to help you figure out the best way to get your message out, because I'm not sure that this is really working anyway. So it's not that we don't want the message, we just would like to get it better. The other item that I want to talk about um, is a um, joint project with um, ACB Radio and um, actually um, BITS, and um, GDUIs had some involvement in this one too. And that is um, about um, convention streaming, recording and streaming for um, affiliate um, meetings. And um, we, ACB Radio, um, basically does record um, convention programming, including any of the convention sessions that are recordable of what, you know, committees do and what, um, and, and what special affiliates do at the convention. 
So um, uh, Bits had requested, and interestingly, we actually uh, did a part of this item with GDUI this year, so we'd, we'd already thought of some of it. Um, but Bits um, requested that, that if they could have, um, asked if they could have access to the um, um, re uh, sound equipment that, that we manage in, those, in their rooms, so that they could add elements like Zoom uh, for their members who uh, couldn't attend the convention or, or if they needed a speaker via Zoom or whatever, or if they wanted to stream their meeting or whatever they might like to do with that, could they do that? And um, so we've um, been drafting and we have to share, we, we just got the, some final wording stuff back from people, so I didn't bring the policy to the board meeting because we haven't run it back to bits yet and um, and uh, other people, but we're working that through real quick. And so what, what will be able to happen is that um, an affiliate will be able to um, request access to the sound equipment and identify who from their affiliate will, we will be um, interacting with around that so that they can work closely with uh, Rick Morin and others to make sure they have what they need and that they know how to do what they want to do with our stuff. And then um, uh, they w will use it to do what they need to do um, with streaming or whatever it is, and or Zoom or whatever. Those are the two examples that we use. But there could be something else in the future. You never know. Um, but then after the um, event, we are going to give those affiliates the recordings, the unedited recordings that we make. And they are going to have those recordings for about 90 days or for 90 days to um, use in any way that their affiliate needs to. So if they want to share it with their members only or they want to do something special with it, they can. GDUI used it to um, kick off the Juno report return. And we needed a way to do that. So we held the convention recordings hostage. And that actually worked really well for GDUI. So um, that, that part of it was easy for us to figure out. So then um, after that time, then ACB Radio will uh, jointly have access to the affiliate things. And we'll edit them in the ways that we do and use them in the podcast that we do. But the affiliates will have access to them first. So the affiliates will not have to pay anything to ACB Radio for this piece of it. Um, and um, the only thing, obviously, if there are streaming charges um, related to the hotel, they're going to probably need to pay those. But, but uh, as far as our piece, we're going to do it. And then in exchange for um, all working together on that, the affiliate will use them for a period of time dedicated to them. And then we will release them out to um, the things that we might use them for in podcasts or other things or our whole convention podcast. So um, we think this is actually a cool deal because um, it means that affiliates have the potential um, to include people who cannot physically attend the convention. And I know that having people face-to-face -face at the convention is the best. We've already been there today. But we do know that there are times when your speakers or when your um, attendees uh, can't be there uh, for many, many reasons. And if you want to include them or you want to do that. So I think GDUI is going to try to do it this year. And I'm sure BITS will do it again. And I know some other affiliates have expressed interest. So we will have some information out about that just as soon as we can 
um, pull all those pieces together that I have to edit and put in from everybody. And um, I think it's really exciting. Um, but those are the things the BOP is working on um, that we're going to share here. And then tomorrow, Zelda and Penny are going to share some other, other things that are, look a little more like usual BOP activity. Deb, thank you very much for that update. Uh, any uh, yeah, any dis discussions, questions? Okay, we had Jeff and then Sarah. No, I was just saying because there's Okay, Jeff. Was it Jeff Bish? Oh, yeah, uh, excuse me, saying, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Tom? Thank okay. You so much. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Let's get a moment for yeah, Jeff to get a mic. Deb, just a quick question. How – I'm confused a little bit. How does that – Inter that, that last requirement interact with the continuing units requirements and you know the things having to be up on the website and the codes and all the other things that go with that. It, it won't have anything to do with that. So one will not violate the other in any manner? No. Okay. Okay. I just Yeah, Let, let's get Deb a mic cause so ACB radio can hear her. Yeah. Th this, is, uh, this is Doug. Um, the other question becomes if we're streaming somebody in or out uh, that's going to incur a charge, then we're getting back to charging for the event so that we can... Uh, okay, if, if someone is streaming, they're going to be needing to pay the hotel costs related to that. That's always been true if you're going to have a special requirement. So... That doesn't necessarily, they, they might decide to charge for the event to recover that, or they might not decide to charge for the event. I mean, you know, it may not be worth charging um, for your, you know, one session that you want to do this with or whatever. Um, this, the groups that want to do it, um, we're going to have to work out with them exactly how it works. But um, Bit ha Bit says, I believe, done it before. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, I, so that's not a problem. The other question that was asked um, was about whether there's any problem around the um, accreditation uh, credits that people are able to get. And the answer is no. The, um, the accreditation, we, we, will, we will be ultimately putting those sessions on the web like we've always done in podcast form. They are there now, and they will be. They will be slightly slower for those affiliates who have elected to keep theirs for a while, and they will get them in the unedited version. Um, and But when we put them up, we take all those codes. Rick takes all the codes and junk out. But um, uh, it's, it's not like it's private information. Once the code is done, the code is done, and they won't have the ability in the time that they have to turn those papers in with their codes on them they, the affiliate won't have the data to have cheated and handed it to them, and our affiliates aren't going to do that. But if they were going to, they won't be able to because um, I think we allow ourselves a couple of weeks to get them the raw data. So um, it's, it should be no problem. All right, any other questions for Deb? I, I want to ask uh, one quick question of you by a, a sound of uh, clapping or applause. How many of you receive your Braille form or your e-forum digitally through email? 
I don't know if you all are aware of this, but starting at the beginning of this year with the work of uh, Kelly Gass and Sharon Lovering and Nancy Marks Becker, we have now switched to using an application called Constant Contact to deliver your form. And so that happens by, it's, it's technomagical. It actually happens. The emails for, for our 45 plus 100 members that, that get, yeah, 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 uh, that, that get the info. All right. Yes, yes. So she's still heckling me. I know I got one, one detractor in the whole audience that I know her very well. Yeah. So anyway. So, so what, 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 what happens is if for all, for all email addresses we have in Donor Perfect, there's an automatic feed from Donor Perfect into Constant Contact, and then the e-form e or Braille form is, is uh, created in Constant Contact, and then with one push of the button, it goes out to all of our members. So no making files and doing all this and worrying about spam filters and all of that stuff. So you get a very professional-looking email uh, that comes from Constant Contact and gets generated automatically through DonorPerfect to Constant Contact. And so this is the vehicle that, that we've used for the Braille form and the e-form since the beginning of the year and seems to be working very well. And I, this is the vehicle that I think Deb and team are looking to leverage for the announce list. So in that case, it can come straight out of Donor Perfect, go to an announce list uh, database, and then from there, feed out automatically to your members. So therefore, it doesn't have to go to a leadership list that then the president of the affiliate picks it up and rebroadcast it. One push of the button, boom, and every member that has an email address has the announcement. So that's where we're headed with that. So, um, so I think it's really exciting, and I appreciate Deb and her team and all their hard work. And do I have a motion to approve the Board of Publications update? Second. Jim Crott moved and, and Donna Brown seconded. Any discussion? All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Here's my question for the body that's assembled here. Do... We have three more items. We have to do the convention update with Janet. We have officer liaison reports and, and any others who want to provide committee reports. Do we want to move forward and finish, or do we wish to take a 10-minute break? I'll be fast. All right. Keep going. All right. We're going to keep rolling on. If you need to excuse yourself, feel free. But I think the wish of the body is to keep moving forward, so I'd like to introduce Janet Dickelman, committee chair for our convention committee. Janet Dickelman. Hello, hello, hello. Rick, I'll need you to be ready in about five minutes. Okay, thank you. All right, well, I'll need you to be ready in five minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Deb Cook-Lewis, I am going to stop immediately posting convention announcements to ACBL. No. Thank you very much. And leadership. Uh, oh, all right. Well, she's... Okay. But, but that's go a very good example of yes. what could run through yes. constant contact. Yes. I, I, well, I put it on the convention announce list. Yep. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Well... 
I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Well. Okay. I don't. I'm post. I'm po anyway. I am posting them to the list. I'm not sure if people aren't getting them. I'm not sure why, but I know many people are. Um, the other thing I just want to bring up, and I can talk to you, Deb, about this, but the um, policy for letting affiliates handle equipment in the hotels, as we use the hotel AV to help us with some of our equipment, this could be a little bit of an issue, so it's something we need to discuss. Okay, I just, all right, yep, okay. Just wanted to make sure. And I just want to bring up one other thing from the fall board meeting. I hope that most of the board members, if you do this new policy, will come especially to the fall board meeting because we do have contracts for room nights for these meetings. And we factor the board in along with the convention committee in these contracts. And even though the convention committee does the work of, you know, figuring out where things are going to be at the convention. It's great to have the board there to see the hotel and to pass the information on to the affiliates and committees that you work with. So that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, let me go on to, from David's report, um, I was looking and we have already for 2020 about 115,000, I'm, I'm like David, I can't read my commas, about 115,000 in sponsorships already. So that's great. You're, you're going to hear from, well, you'll get more, you'll get more, Marjorie and Eric and Clark and everybody's working, so we'll get more. I'm just going to keep this brief because, of course, I'm going to talk to you all tomorrow. Uh, reminder, convention dates are July 3rd through July 10th. I'll go through for this year. I'll go through all the tours that we're doing tomorrow. Um, I just want to give a little information. The fall board meeting in Phoenix is November 14th um, and 15th of 2020. The Phoenix convention is a little later. It's July 23rd through July 30th. The Omaha Fall Board meeting will be October 9th and 10th of 2021, and the convention will be Friday, July 1st of 2022 to Friday, July 8th of 2022. Um, for those of you working with affiliates and committees, the deadline for submission of registration information is March 29th. That's when I need the information for. That's going to go out on the registration form. The program deadline is April 19th. Um, registration will open on May 21st. Again, we're going to do registration for ACB members only. We're going to do that May 21st to May 28th. On May 28th, we will open it for anyone, and registration will close on June 21st. I have four people signed up to do telephone registrations, so I'm really happy about that. Um, that will be wonderful. Um, we have a couple changes that we're going to make. Um, a little couple changes to our general sessions, and I'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. But based on some survey results, um, Dan is planning on ending, and ending general sessions at 11.45 to give people time to get to tours and meetings. Um, 
On Monday, we're going to do something a little bit different. After morning break on Monday, we're going to break general sessions. Into, we're going to break out into three sessions um, that people can attend. We'll keep one in the ballroom and move the other two into meeting rooms. And the first one is going to be on uh, audio description, sponsored by the ADP Project. The next one is going to be on advocacy. And the third one is going to be on accessible home appliances. So I think that's going to be very interesting and exciting. Uh, we talked about the steering committees. The steering committee for the conventions has done several things. First thing we have done is determined that there will not be any microphone charges or ALD charges for affiliates or committees. There will also not be, yes, you can clap, of course. There will also be not, no recording charges. We are also committees, unless they are having a function with food involved, are not going to charge for their sessions. Um, affiliates, I'm not telling them they can't charge, but since there's no cost, you know, that's up, that's up to them, except, you know, of course, food functions, but if affiliates want to charge for their programming. But this is going to save a lot of time and money for ACB, for staff, for preparing these tickets. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. <laughs> now, because of all of this, because of all these free things that you're going to get, I should, have, I should have said the bad news first, and I will tomorrow. The bad news, which isn't really bad news, is registration costs are going up slightly from $15 to $25 pre-reg and from $25 to $35 on-site. But you get all this free committee programming. Quiet, everybody. All this free committee programming. So it's, it's a win-win situation. Um, we're also going to make a couple of changes to the very, very long convention program. One of the things we talked about doing is in the program, we have full, very lengthy tour descriptions, except people have pretty much already decided on their tours before they see the program. <laughs> so we'll still have them on registration. I'll still send them out via email lists in the forum, on the website. But the program, and I think it was 22, 24 pages that it's going to save, oh, wow. is not going to have full tour descriptions. Okay, yes, you can clap on that. Thank you. Um, the next thing I want to do is have Rick play a little bit. We know that we're going to be in Phoenix. We know that we're going to be in Omaha. I have a bid that I'd like to share with you for 2023, and Rick's going to play this. I, I, I have to say one thing before he starts this. It's going to talk about Rick being on a site visit. It wasn't our Rick. It was a gentleman named Rick from Meeting Your, Meeting Your Needs LLC, who is basically a hotel finder. He worked with Carla for a few years, in the many years ago, and he kind of resurfaced, and he, he comes up with some good hotel rates. So he joined me on this site visit. So that's why when they mention Rick, that's who that is. Okay, Rick. To the entire board of the American Council of the Blind, we would like to extend greetings from beautiful Jacksonville, Florida, and wish you all a wonderful board meeting today. 
We truly would be honored to have you all come back to Jacksonville for your annual convention in 2023. Please know the team in Jacksonville is committed and stands ready to provide exceptional service to your convention. With that said, I would like to turn it over to some of our wonderful team members that would also like to say hello and a few words. Greetings, ACB Board. My name is Karen Townsend, and I'm one of the National Account Managers with Visit Jacksonville. And our team just recently had the distinct pleasure to do a site visit with Janet, Rick, and Chrissy. I will tell you, we had such a productive and busy two days experiencing our great city. We spent time discussing so many of the unique tours Jacksonville has to offer, just to name a few, history, music, art, tasting, and so many more tours. We even spent time with one of our, one of our wonderful tour guides, Gary Sass, and he offers over 80 tours in our great city. He even customized tours for ACB when you all were here back in 2006. And I know Gary looks forward to customizing so many more. Only injects tours when you all return in 2023. And our city offers such easy access to and from the airport with more than 180 direct flights to and from the Jacksonville International Airport. Our airport is just a short 15-minute drive to the Hyatt. And our airport is so easy to navigate and very welcoming. I can assure you our team will be there to welcome you. Chrissy even had time to check out our service relief area when she was on her site visit. I'm now going to turn it over to Mary Beth Bagnall, the Senior Sales Manager at the Hyatt. Thank you all so much, and we hope to see ACB back at the Hyatt Regency Jacksonville Riverfront in 2023. Board members, my name is Mary Beth Bagnell, and I am the senior sales manager at the beautiful High Ramsey Jacksonville. Wanted to take a moment to share with you some key information on the hotel and on your proposal. We have just completed an $18 million renovation to our lobby. This includes three new restaurants of varying price points and cuisines, ranging from Morton Steakhouse to our Shore Seafood <laughs> Restaurant and Tavern to our 24-hour grab-and-go market. There is something for each of you, with price points ranging from a $5 breakfast sandwich in the market to a $7 cocktail in our social hour in the tavern to a $20 Florida seafood dinner in shore. You will then rest your head on our beautiful guest rooms overlooking the St. John's River with a special room rate of $99 per night. Your meetings will take place on our second and third floor with excellent flow between eight elevator banks and two escalators. My Hyatt team is exceptional and has not only worked with ACB in the past, but also similar groups as well. Our seasoned event planning manager will be there with you every step of the way from custom menus to specialized training for our team. We consistently rank in the top of the company for service scores and would be honored to partner with you for the 2023 annual conference. I'll now turn it over to Becky at Visit Jacksonville for some additional information. The Visit Jacksonville team is thrilled to work with the American Council of the Blind attendees to ensure the entire group has the best experience in our great city. Our personalized service and hands-on approach means our services team will be with you from the time the contract with the Hyatt is signed until your last attendee leaves Jacksonville. I will serve as your city liaison for everything your group may require outside of the hotel, such as referrals and contacts for transportation, tours, off-site venues, or any other need. In addition to our complimentary service, 
services, we would love to offer some special concessions to help with not only the planning, but add additional value to your conference. To create excitement about visiting Jacksonville, I would like to come to Omaha to pre-promote and help increase your attendance. I will follow up with creating a customized microsite for your attendees to get to know Jacksonville before they come. We will plan on having additional assistance at the airport to facilitate transportation to the hotel. We would like to provide welcome amenities and round-trip airport transfers for six of your VIPs. For your attendees, we will have a staffed visitor table with one of our JAX experts to assist them in navigating our city during their free time. Also, registration bags and our Visit Jacksonville Attendee Passport that offers discounts to many of our restaurants, attractions, breweries, and etc. Once again, on behalf of the entire team here in Jacksonville, Florida, we hope to see you back at the Hyatt Regency Jacksonville Riverfront in 2023. Yep. Uh, and let, let me just say two, a couple things about uh, Jacksonville. I did ask them after last year at the Riverside, and I said, now, are you guys going to be here in 2023? <laughs> And because I've, I've learned now, you know, I see, we seem to close hotels with great regularity. And they said they had just signed a 15-year contract with Hyatt for the building. So they're going to be there for a while. Um, the area that was called the landings and um, when, when you were here, that is totally being refurbished. Also, right behind the hotel was an old city hall building. That has been torn down, and by the end of 2021, that is going to be an entertainment and restaurant district. So there's going to be lots of food options. And they talk about their marketplace that they have, and it is the largest that any Hyatt has, and really they have a ton of things in their market. And they also talked about they will do at no cost to us as long as we're getting some business if we wanted to have food trucks come over. And then depending on, you know, how the, how there's, how there's the sales are. Now I don't want to do that if that's going to impede the ACB cafe, you know, but this is, these are just some ideas, but they're very excited to have us. And the nice thing about a medium sized city like Jacksonville is we're the only, we'd be the only game in town. So Yes. Oh. All right. Thank you, Janet. Any, so, any questions for for any questions for Janet? Uh, I, 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 we're not going to vote on Jacksonville today, but we wanted to present it to the we board. Could. And, you know, but I, yeah. We could if you want to. Yeah, I think we'll, okay. we'll have a little discussion. All right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But yes, but that was an excellent, excellent yep, proposal. They did, they did a great, did a it's, fantastic a, it's a very good proposal. Job. Yes. Thank you, Jane. The hotel rate was 99, 99. which is for which 20, for 2023 20, is, is pretty good. That's amazing. Pretty yes. good. Yeah. Yes. All right. Any questions yes. for Janet? Yes. I have the microphone. This is Katie. Katie. Um, Go thank ahead, you, Katie. Janet, for that report. Um, and then, then the presentation. Do we have any other bids for 2023 at this time? The only other bid I have at the moment is from the Hyatt in Dallas. Now, that's not where we were before. And when I looked at the Hyatt, low these many years ago when I was in Dallas. The Hyatt was a little off the beaten track and there wasn't a lot around yeah. it. So I would prefer the Jacksonville. 
and bid. And do we know, um, I know like in some of the hotels, we're the only group? Yes, we would that, be. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Because we would have all the meeting space. And it is, it is very nice, concise meeting space. And Mr. President, that concludes my report. All right. But as long as I'm sitting up here, once you've approved my report, do you want me just to talk briefly about, I know you're going to do committee reports, if you want I, me just I, to talk about awards I, while I'm sitting here. I thought that would be fantastic. Thank Janet. you. So, let's, uh, so no more questions for Janet. I make a motion to approve Okay, that's, that was Doug. Yep. Doug made the motion. Doug and Donna. And Donna seconded. All right. Any discussion? Hearing none, those, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? All right. Thank you, Janet. And now uh, 16 on our, uh, on our agenda is officer liaison uh, and board liaison committee reports. Janet has the unique uh, responsibility for being our liaison for the awards committee. So I think when she has the mic, we'll ask her to do that. And then we'll go to our regular kind of roll call through the officers. Okay, so go ahead, Janet. Thank you. Uh, the awards committee is just starting to do its work. We have a conference call set up actually for next Saturday for the award committee because we do have a few new members and we want to make sure that they all understand the procedure and how we have rated the awards and how we've figured this out. So we're just starting out with that. The deadline is April 3rd, I believe, for awards. We so far only have one award nominee for a letter for the Bray Award. I know that we always get a lot last minute, but if you have anyone or know anyone that you feel is a worthy candidate for our awards, please get that in um, to... And the information is in the uh, January Braille Forum as to how to submit the awards. So please consider, we have several different awards. We have the uh, Derwood K. McDaniel. We have the Bray. We have the Marjorie Beeman Volunteer Award. We have the George Card Award. So there's a lot of great opportunities. So please consider. Um, and But do keep in mind, these are national awards. So we need these for people who have done things on a national level. It's wonderful when you um, when you're a, recognize someone who has done great things for your affiliate. But in, for these awards, we're looking for something on a national level. And that's my report, Mr. President. Thank you, Janet. W would you mind... I could you have Deb and Deb and maybe send it, send kind of the award description? Yeah, we out sent to we leadership. sent it out recently to leadership, but okay. I can send it out again. And, and what when is the deadline? Uh, April third. April third. Okay, yes. so that would be good to. Yep, I I will send that out again. I sent it out uh, two or three weeks ago, but I'll send it. Okay, yeah. thank you so much. All right. All right. Any, any questions on awards from Janet? All right. I'm, thank you, Janet. I'm giving Michael Talley his seat back now. All right. And Michael, thank you for giving up your seat. That was very kind. And Michael, yes. I touched your iPhone. Oh, that's okay. Oh. <laughs> and you, you'll get an order from Amazon tomorrow morning at your front door. <laughs> All right. Next, we're going to hear from our second vice president, Ray Campbell, with his liaison uh, committee reports. Ray? All right. Well, uh, thank you. Um, so, um, as officer liaison to, um, I'm officer liaison to membership committee, multicultural affairs, uh, information access, and constitution and bylaws. Uh, let's see. 
So Multicultural Affairs has uh, been meeting regularly. Uh, one of the big things that they, that they have done is are putting together some really good multicultural tours this year for the convention. Uh, in the uh, Chicago area, there's plenty of things in that regard to see. Um, and then the other thing that they're doing is uh, for their luncheon, they're, go they're working on having a speaker from the uh, Pullman Porter Museum uh, come in and talk. Uh, um, you know, and you know, stuff like that. So that's that. They're working hard getting their convention uh, program going. A membership uh, just uh, had their last membership focus call. It was uh, it was a good call. Uh, we had a little technical issues with the Zoom, but uh, I think it's kind of a learning curve for a lot of us. And uh, I'll get to an opportunity to learn about that a little bit in a minute or so. Um, so that was on that, that focus call took place January 26th um, and uh, was, uh, was quite, uh, quite good and quite well attended. Um, and then the membership committee has also met a couple of times uh, to uh, one of the things that, they're do, that they are also doing is contacting affiliate presidents to encourage them to get uh, you know, renew uh, you know, members and their affiliates. Um, and uh, as we approach the certification uh, time. So uh, they're working at that. They have um, parceled out the list of affiliate presidents and uh, membership committee members are calling people, calling them, and uh, reporting back on that work. Um, let's see. Um, Constitution of Bylaws really hasn't gotten going, although, uh, of course, as I mentioned earlier, they did review the... Uh, uh, they did review the uh, Next Generation Constitution uh, recently. That was uh, some activity that they were involved in. So they'll be getting their uh, work going. And finally, Information Access Committee uh, ably, has been ably chaired by Tony Stevens. Um, was uh, one of the things that uh, that committee is just starting to talk about convention. Um, but also, tomorrow you'll hear from them. Uh, they're we're doing a, a presentation on Zoom, kind of a Zoom 2.0. We kind of introduced you to Zoom last year. Now we're going to talk about some uh, advanced uh, ways that you can use uh, Zoom for uh, running your meetings. And uh, so a lot of uh, good work going on in those committees. And uh, that's about all I have, unless there's any questions. All right. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. I'll just hand it right to Kim. Any, any questions for Ray? Okay. Slightly out of Thank order, you, Ray. Okay, we're right going to go to Kim. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. A little more efficient. So, um, the committees that I liaison for are the advocacy services, um, audio description project, history, and resolutions. So I think you've heard a lot about advocacy. Unless Jeff has something that we haven't covered, no. I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly um, for advocacy. Audio description that I think you heard quite a bit yesterday. There's a lot going on with Audio Description Project. We're very busy meeting every Monday night. I have subcommittee meetings. Um, that group is super busy. Um, and thank goodness I have a, a very capable co-chair, Carl Richardson. We kind of split some of the responsibilities, and he goes to some of the... Um, subcommittee meetings so we both, we both don't have to go to all of them so he kind of handles <coughs> section 508 and, and the batty subcommittee I take care of um, performing arts he's the, the co-chair of media we've got conference subcommittee so there's um, a lot of sharing and 
collaborating. So that committee is doing extremely well. Um, resolutions. The, um, the resolutions committee is going to be um, getting together because, as you may recall, there is a resolution that was referred to the board for implementation that talked about um, kind of revitalizing and modernizing, um, making the resolutions process more efficient and just sort of revamping it. So we need to take a look at that, um, and that will include um, Mark and Gabe and Jill, and, who's the co-chair, and um, there's several folks, I think, that Dan has indicated um, he would like to have involved in that process, Jeff, myself, um, Jeff Tom. So um, we'll be starting that process to take a look at ways that we can um, get resolutions ready so that we can have them be ready to, to deal with earlier so we can do more in a timely way so that we don't have to have late days at the end of the convention. It's one of our goals. And have them you know, ready and electronically available as soon as we can possibly manage it. There's a lot of things we're going to be looking at. And finally, the history committee. I think the, the two things that I'm pretty excited about, even though the history committee has not met for a while, um, and technically doesn't have a chair, I believe, but we still keep going. Um, active members are um, David Trott, myself, Carla and Adam Rushevel, I think Katie. Did I miss anybody? We're kind of the... Paul, absolutely, that's right. So we're sort of the... Uh, and, and Burl has been there and kind of interested, although he stepped down as chair. Um, and, and we're sort of the... The, um, the core group of ACB history. So the two things, um, in the last few months, we have um, digitized the um, people of vision. So, you know, it used to still be on cassette, I'm embarrassed to say, and that was the only format that we had. So it has been digitized. It is now available in an audio format. You can get it, you know, in a nice audio file to plug into your player or to put on your stream or whatever you need to put it on. It is now a digital file. We have a digital audio version. Um, we also have a digital Braille version um, in one file, so you don't have to have... How many volumes is it? Seven, nine can't re quite remember. I have it on a shelf at home, but now it's all been compressed into one BRF file that represents the whole entire book. And that's being made available in the mini mall with the audio file, the BRF file, the electronic word file. You can get all of them on a thumb drive that's been branded as an ACB thumb drive um, as a purchase in the mini mall. So Carla's been responsible for that which is a great addition to the mini-mall. The other project that we're doing is scanning our photographs. Yeah. Um, and this has been going on for probably a year and a half now. We've got, I would say, about 2,000 photographs that Sharon turned over to me about a year and a half ago. 
They were in a suitcase, and she said, here. (laughs) You said you'd scan them. So um, I have this amazing volunteer who comes in once a week, and she's scanned them all. And now she's going back, and in in Flickr Pro, which is where we store them on the cloud, um, she's putting in the metadata tagging. She's going in, and, and I, I swear she could probably identify everybody in this room because she's looked at pictures. She said, I, I know who that is, and she's de- you know, got the detective skills of uh, Sherlock Holmes Jr. and has figured out you know, who all these people are so that she can tag the photographs with the right, you know, this people in this photograph are, which is what we've been very concerned about on the committee because here we are, we've got, you know, 2,000 photographs and we're an organization full of blind people who can't look at them to figure out who was in the photographs. So we have a few sighted people who might be able to see the photographs, but that was it. So she has done a phenomenal job and is getting close to being as finished as she can be. And then Sharon is also doing some tagging um, of specific photos that she has that are on CD from our photographer from different years more recently. Some of the stuff that Cynthia, my volunteer, is tagging come from, you know, the 1990s, the 1980s. So it's been a little more challenging for her to find out who some of those people were. So she's really done a great job. So that's kind of a, a synopsis of some of the history activities that have been happening over the last few months. Any questions? Thank you so much, Kim. And uh, one thing uh, to add with audio description is uh, tomorrow, as part of the president's uh, affiliates meeting, uh, we're going to have Mina Lamara, who is our batty contest, essay contest winner, is going to be here in person from California to receive her award. So I think that'll be at 5 o'clock tomorrow, and that's always exciting to have the young folks come and, uh, and accept their awards. So wonderful. Thank you. Any questions for Kim? All right. Hearing none, well, uh, Denise, we'll go to you next. It's on. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Yep, I'm on. All right. Um, my two um, committees that I oversee are, of course, scholarship and credentials. And at this point, credentials, of course, isn't, um, hasn't met yet. They haven't started their work, but they will soon, I'm sure. Scholarship, um, all I will just add to what I said earlier was that, and I'm going to repeat this tomorrow, is that we are really going to make a concerted effort this year to assure, to ensure that um, state affiliate presidents and special interest affiliate presidents who have scholarship winners um, who are either from their state or who are going into a field of study related to one of our special interest affiliates, Um, We are going to provide you with that information prior to convention, and we are going to really try to encourage um, representation specifically from those affiliates. Not that we don't want all of the affiliates represented, but we really are trying to make a more concerted effort to connect our scholarship winners with these state affiliates and special interest affiliates that are really going to mean something to them, and we hope 
um, this will give us an opportunity to start those connections, build those connections, and possibly do uh, some better follow-up with our students. All right. It's, okay. Thank you so much, Denise. Any questions for Denise? All right. Next, we'll hear from David Trott. Okay. All my committees kind of work together. Uh, I'm not going to talk about RDC, really. You're going to hear enough about them tomorrow, We, except to tell you how that relates to the budget. Uh, you know, y'all, you guys all support ACB in every way you can, so remember to listen carefully. You're going to hear about the walk and the Braille Forum raffle, DKM, all this stuff tomorrow, so be sure and pay attention and, and loosen that wallet. Michael Garrett's already trying to keep the dust in his, but we want to... MMS, of course we're going to hear from MMS. Uh, I do want to, and the budget committee will uh, resume meeting in late April. Right now we got the audit. They've got a lot of other things going on with Nicole, you know, with the switch out of employees and everything. We don't want to put a lot of pressure on the Minneapolis office right now. So we will wait till the end of the quarter and give them time to get the information together and meet then. Um, uh, you know about the budget because you you heard me earlier um, read that 400 and whatever page report it was. So uh, I want to close my report again. Uh, all the chairs of my committees do a great job. But again, this year I want to single out one who does an outstanding job, and that's Kenneth Simeons with, with DKM. And um, he... Um, He, he really inspires a committee. If you don't think he inspires a committee, you should see the list from the last week where they everybody's been working. I'm, I'm their law officer liaison, but I kind of stand off a little bit and, and, you know, keep out of the business because they run in fine without me, except he never forgets my name when it comes time to gift cards. And that's my report, folks. Thank you. All right. Thank you, David. Any questions for David, the money man? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, I'm going to save. I'm going to save. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and go on to our boards, and I'll I'll kind of wrap it up at the end with my committee. So, uh, Pat Sheehan, you have a couple of committees. I'm yep. coming. I'm sorry. Thank you. Transportation, environmental access. What? Uh, keeping it very brief. Both those committees are working together to put together a transportation forum over three days this summer. Uh, so we have, uh, we've gotten both groups together. We've got some very good plans, which I think will uh, consist of discussions on paratransit, uh, bus stops, um, uh, e-scooters and those types of situations. I'm trying to give everyone uh, the tools necessary from a pedestrian standpoint, uh, leading pedestrian intervals and things like that, to give everyone in the audience some tools necessary to be able to go back to their jurisdictions and uh, do what they need to do with respect to getting involved in transportation and pedestrian issues. So committees work really well together. We've been doing this kind of work for the last uh, five years. Uh, Ron Brooks is excellent, and uh, Sheila and Becky are working great together. So. We're going to have a good product, and we look forward to seeing everybody this summer. Thanks. I got a question for you. Thank you, Go Pat. ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Ray has a question. Yes. Okay. 
just because I'm pretty involved in the local transportation, does that committee need any help with finding local speakers? Ron right now is working with that. Let me bring that back to Ron and to Sheila. Okay. And from the transportation side, um, and I'll also bring it to Becky. They'll all, uh, Becky, uh, Becky will be here this weekend, so let's see if we can yep. talk. If you guys need some help, just let Great. me know. Thank and you, I Ray. think they've Appreciate already that. reached out to the uh, two women that are very involved in the accessible pedestrian signal yes. uh, work in Chicago. Oh, yeah. good. Right. Yeah. Good. Okay. Any other questions for Pat? Next, that's here for Doug from Rehab uh, Issues Task Force. Well, we uh, hello. <laughs> we um, we didn't meet last night or a couple nights ago, when, uh, but um, we're getting geared up to. Um, Mark Schultz is the acting uh, commissioner for the Rehab Services Administration, and he's going to be with us Monday at the uh, legislative <laughs> seminar. So we're queuing up some really good questions, um, com, you know, concerning our uh, the issues that we've outlined on our work plan, and uh, we will continue to work to get together the um, session for the convention, which isn't uh, form, it isn't finalized yet. Very good. All right. Thank you, Doug. Any questions for Doug? Next, we'll hear from Katie. Yes, so I don't have uh, much to report regarding public relations um, in terms of, you know, I think a lot of the work that the Public Awareness Steering Committee is doing is really kind of fitting into that, that PR perspective. So I think we're actually kind of looking at where the PR committee can go from here, to be honest, moving forward, and what niche we need to fill within ECB right now. All right. Thank you, Katie. Um, and Sarah, I'm going to give you a cue. I'm going to go through some of my committees, but I was hoping maybe you could update a little sure. on employment. Yep, so I'll, I'll mic, give you a so minute good. to get your thoughts. And, Thanks. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, so for my committees, I have uh, SASE, I have International Relations, Next Generation, Employment, uh, Convention Program. So to talk a little bit about SASE, the Sight and Sound Impaired Committee, that's co-chaired uh, by Carl Richardson and Karen Campbell, who do an absolutely outstanding job. We've been able to add four, four new members to the SASE committee this year. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really growing the involvement of our deafblind community. Uh, we're going to have uh, a presentation on haptics during general session, which is a really interesting way to communicate uh, from a person who's a member of the Helen Keller uh, center in the Chicago area, so I think that will be really exciting. Uh, they've got wood, good workshops planned and a mixer. So, and I, I'm telling you, as a person who gets to participate on the SASE email list, it is a tremendously active list with lots of conversations. So, if you know anybody uh, who's in the deafblind community that's blind and is going through some hearing loss, I really recommend them joining the SASE. Um, the SASE committee because uh, list because there is a lot of good information that ex is exchanged on that list. Uh, next is international relations. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you to the international relations committee for hosting and doing a theme as a committee for the December theme of the e Braille Forum. 
I thought they just did an absolutely uh, bang-up job with all the uh, articles that were written about international uh, events. So I want to say uh, thank you to that committee for their hard work and taking that on as a challenge. I thought they just did an outstanding job. So to uh, Sandra Sermons and her committee, well done. Again, with the reach out to Constant Contact, we've gotten four new members that have joined the International Relations Committee, which I think has given it a real shot in the arm moving forward. They're going to have tables at the marketplace and are excited about our international speaker, our international guest for the convention this year, which will be uh, Martine Abel Williams from New Zealand. Uh, she's involved in audio description and is also the treasurer of the World Blind Union. So we're excited to welcome her uh, this year as, an, as our international guest. Uh, convention program, Janet kind of already talked about that. The team is working hard. Uh, you know, when you take over this uh, opportunity as president of ACB, you realize what an outstanding job Kim Charlson did over the last six years. And one of the real challenges is putting together the general session program. So we've got a really good team that's working hard on that. And, uh, you know, we're really um, moving forward. We haven't quite confirmed our banquet speaker yet, but uh, we are, uh, you know, we, we do have our narrator. It's going to be Erin Jones. So she's, uh, you know, she's going to be our speaker there on Tuesday as the narrator. And so, uh, you know, things are really shaping up, and it's, uh, it's really, uh, you know, an excellent team. We appreciate all their hard work. And then, Sarah, I'll let you say a few words on employment. Sure. So I'm a little biased because the chair of the employment committee is one of my best friends. But <laughs> I, I do need to give a shout-out to Brooke Jostad. I think she has just done an incredible job on the employment committee uh, hasn't been real active in years past, and um, last year I think really faced um, some issues with you know only having a few people doing a lot of the work, um, but she has really stayed calm and, and steady and um, has really encouraged people, and, and now um, I think we're benefiting from some new people on the committee um, that are helping share the load. So um, I think we've had some really honest discussions about what goals we have that are a little bit too big for us right now, um, and also looking at some short-term goals. Um, one of those short-term goals that I'd like to share is that um, the Employment Committee wants to do some podcasts, um, particularly around disability disclosure, um, accommodations in the workplace, um, both if you're totally blind or low vision, um, really trying to connect communities together. Um, so I would say in the next few months, stay tuned for more um, some exciting podcasts coming your way. Thanks. Very good. Thank you, Sarah. And then uh, the other two committees, I wanted to listen, mention a little bit about Special Education School for the Blind Task Force. That's led by Debbie Grubb. They've got some great podcasts out there that are really helping TVIs and parents of children that are visually impaired or blind to really learn how to navigate through the educational process. So please take advantage of those. And last but not least, I've lost a committee because I had the Next Generation Committee, and so Claire and I are out of a job because they've now become an affiliate. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, put me out of work. That's fine, you know. But, uh, but I, uh, I, we, we will stay very engaged with Amanda and her team. It's exciting that they're becoming a new affiliate, and, of course, there's lots of opportunity to continue to dialogue and work with Next Generation and help them grow as an affiliate. Uh, so that's pretty much the, uh, the committee reports. Are there any, uh, number 17, do we have any committee chairs or members that are in the audience that would like to speak on their committees? I know we got a room of, of very engaged folks. 
Is, is that nobody's raising their hands? Okay. So item 17, we'll, we want to make sure and give everybody a chance to participate. Um, all right. Couple of announcements before we uh, for, before we close for today. First, this is really important. A Tommy Bahama lunchbox, black and gray, has been turned in at the front desk. So, if any, but yeah. So if anybody was packing their lunch today and left their lunchbox, I did. I did. You like your Tommy Bahama? Yeah. 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 Now, don't, don't claim that if it's not yours, you know. <laughs> Eric's got eyes on that thing, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, the auction. Leslie, that could be an auction item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be careful. Be careful. Woo. Uh-huh. All right. Se- second, second item, and, and, and this is important, is that today, uh, Leo, the... Um, the general manager of the hotel, has let us know that his second shuttle driver has had to go home sick today. So they are down to one shuttle, which, of course, their primary goal and role is to do shuttles back and forth from the airport. So they're going to be very limited for any special requests today to go to restaurants, uh, venues, uh, outside of their normal run. He apologizes for this. This is Saturday. He'll have make sure he's fully staffed back by tomorrow for Sunday and beyond. Uh, but wanted to communicate that to us. So as we make dinner plans, uh, social plans for the evening, we know that there is limited availability of the hotel shuttle. So wanted to make you aware of that. Uh, last item, uh, and then I'll. You want to all right. Then the, the final item is just reminding everybody that tomorrow is our president's meeting. It will be in Commonwealth C and D, which is directly across the lobby from where we are now. Uh, so Commonwealth C and D registration will start at eight fifteen. So across the hall, you know, lobby. I said okay, hall, hall lobby. Okay, across the hall. So across the hall will be Commonwealth C and D. Registration will start at 915. 815. Oh, am I tired? Okay. It's Miller time. All right. 8850. Eight, yes, go ahead. Okay. All right. Okay. Right. All right. 815. Registration will start at 815. The meetings will start at 9. I want to let everybody know in advance that the mini mall will be set up in the back of the room with wonderful items available. We'll hear more about that from Patty Cox tomorrow, uh, but they'll be uh, up and running by probably 8.30 or a quarter to nine in the morning, knowing Patty and her team. Uh, so please take advantage of all the mini mall items that are available. And also, I just wanted to let you know, again, on the theme of all of our program steering committees, we will hear from almost all of our program steering committees tomorrow. We'll hear from development at the beginning at 9.10. We are going to hear from scholarship and awards uh, in the morning session with Kenneth Simeon and his panel. Uh, We will have Janet Dickelman in convention immediately following lunch. And then we're going to have four breakout sessions tomorrow where we're going to hear for four, four more of our steering committees. We're going to have ADP. We're going to have information referral and peer support, which Clara likes to call ERPS. 
We're going to have uh, membership services, and we're going to have public awareness. So those are going to be four breakout sessions that everybody will get to participate in. And then, of course, Monday we'll have advocacy all day with the leadership uh, uh, legislative seminar. So it's going to be a really action-packed day tomorrow. We appreciate everybody's participation, and have a good night. Go ACB, and good night, ACB Radio. Thank you all so much. Hey, hey.